Welcome, everybody, to the Eyes on Big Podcast, your go-to Big Ten football podcast, brought to you by the Amador Whiskey Company. I'm your co-host, Jeffrey the Greek, joined, as always, by... This is Big Kurt here. Big Kurt, you on Twitter? I am on Twitter. I'm Big Kurt on Twitter at B1GKURT. And I am Jeffrey the Greek at Jeffrey the Greek. Thank you so much for listening and downloading the podcast. Kurt and I have been banging out the team previews. We have 12 of the 14 teams already got done. We've got two more teams to go, which is the representatives in the Big Ten Championship last year from each side, Michigan and Purdue. But we're going to take a little bit of a detour, and we're going to have our most special guest, annual special guest that we have on every single year, Brett Ciancia with Pick 6 Previews, Mr. Heisman Voter himself. Brett, how are you doing this evening? Hey, Jeffrey and Kurt. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Thanks for the praise there and the opener. And uh, yeah, it's great to be back talking Big Ten with you guys. It's been a heck of a, an offseason, heck of a few weeks for the Big Ten. And it's weird to think that next year on our show, it'll be 18 teams and a big West Coast flavor. So uh, a little nostalgic this time around, seeing all the old divisions and conferences before it all changes. But uh, I'm excited to break down 2023 with you guys. I know we didn't we didn't put this on the list of questions before we started, but real quick, what's your elevator speech take on the four new Pac-12, Pac-10 teams coming into the Big Ten? Yeah, well, I mean, I'm I'm a traditionalist. I love the old conferences, the old regionality of the sport, the in-state stuff, the the regional stuff. So uh, with that framework, I don't like the moves, but um, I, I am also able to admit it's inevitable, just given how TV contracts and TV networks have dominated the sport uh, for so long and, and increasingly at an increasing pace. So it seemed inevitable. Uh, in terms of the four programs you got, you got four of the best out there. I mean, USC is a, an absolute blue blood in every sense of the word. You get the LA market, Oregon, uh, kind of the new, a new blood, if you will, with the uh, Nike endorsement all the flashy offenses and um, with Washington, a great setting up there for, for visiting big 10 fans. You all have to go check it out. I, I loved it up in Seattle. So yeah, it's a, it's a pretty good mix of teams, passionate fan bases for the most part. So it'll make for some new matchups. That's for sure. All right. Yeah. I, I have to admit, I, it's still something that's going to take getting used to, but uh, Scott Docterman with the athletic put some stuff out today of potential matchups, uh, you know, one of the things he had on was like four Big Ten specific games on week zero, you know, uh, with having some teams tra traveling out west for that week zero game to be able to give, you know, more recovery oh, yeah. time or what and coming back. And I, I'll be honest with you, I'll tune in, you know, <laughs> as weird <laughs> as, it, as it looks now, I, I would definitely pay attention to those games. Tell us about how the magazine came together this year, maybe you know, comparisons to other years, uh, uh, pulling such a big production together. Um, and then maybe, you know, give us a little bit more insight on how you come about gathering your information to have your extremely accurate predictions laid out. Yeah, well, thanks. Um, you know, for those unfamiliar, it's Pick 6 Previews. It's a college football preview magazine that I launched 12 years ago. Um, over the last 10 years, five years, and three years, uh, the three time intervals that Stass and grades us on. I'm number one in every category um, amongst, you know, all the magazines out there, all the websites. So uh, that's the claim to fame. It's, uh, you know, I take the prediction accuracy very seriously. It's a point of pride. Um, and we're looking to continue it this year. So, and what makes mine a little bit different is it's a complete one-man show. So uh, I have respect for the other ones big time. They do good work. Uh, but those are hundreds of writers and staff and social media people. But uh, this is a one-man show. And I, I want it that way because I like to touch each team. 
Um, I really dig in. I feel like deeper than the other ones and try and, you know, strike a balance between my advanced stats and my numbers, but then also X's and O's making it football centric, making it um, readable, you know, no acronyms or computer language here. Um, I want to make it a, a pretty realistic and easy read. So um, all that to say, yeah, 2023, and I'm sure I say this every year, but this was, this was definitely the hardest one yet to compile. Uh, the sport is getting, you know, it's changing every year more and more. This time we added four new teams to the book with uh, the four new Big 12 teams, hmm. BYU, Cincinnati, Houston, UCF. So not only the four new teams, but all these transfers. I'm sure that you talked about it all offseason. Um, yeah, I remember you guys were the first ones to call it portaling. You had that, uh, that sound, uh, you know, you had that um, <laughs> MP3 noise. I, I can we picture it in my head. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I can't do it. Maybe drop it in when you edit. Sure. But uh, yep. yeah, so I mean, thousands of players transferring around. I had to add an all-transfer team this year. Of course, you know, the all-Big Ten team and all-American. I put in all-transfer teams for each conference because there was so much movement. Um, so that was that was a difficult um, part of the book. But uh, And then your second part of the question, how I compile it, it's really a holistic approach. It's 365 days a year. It starts on fall Saturdays, really. Um, that's, you know, I have four TVs lined up. I'm watching from noon till 2 a.m., uh, finishing off at the Pac-12, and do that every Saturday. And Sunday, I'm running my numbers again to refresh it for the next week. Uh, throughout the week, I'm doing freelance writing, some radio spots, and then rinse and repeat all season, best time of year. But um, in January and February, uh, once the national title game ends and signing day passes, it's, uh, refreshing all my numbers, uh, doing my stack graphics, and then into March and April, it's talking to head coaches, talking to coordinators, uh, watching as many spring games and, and practice notes and practice reports that I can get my hands on. And then May, June, July is just writing in it and editing it. So again, one man show, I'm doing every facet of it and compiling this thing. And the, the exciting part was we went hard copy. So um, hard copy magazines, they, they shipped out all across the country, uh, as, as well as the digital product that I, that I always offer. So yeah, it's been a heck of a year, and I say it every year. Like I said, it gets crazier, but um, uh, yeah, I think it's the most complete edition yet. So, Brett, a uh, couple things. First of all, thanks for reminding me about the portaling sound. I had completely forgot that we did that. That was <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was fun stuff. But second of all, something you mentioned uh, rolls perfectly into the next question, which how, is how difficult it was to do this year. So it wasn't that long ago, just a few years ago, that it basically. Before this season, you knew it was probably going to be Bama or Clemson winning the national championship, but that doesn't seem to be the case anymore. There's a lot more contenders these days. So you think 2023 has a potential to look something like the crazy 2007 season that we saw? Oh, that's a good point. I mean, um, yeah, you're right about that old dynasty tier, and there was probably five, almost 10 years worth of Alabama winning the SEC, and Clemson was the lock in the ACC, pretty much Ohio in the Big Ten, and Oklahoma won, I think, seven or eight straight in the Big 12. So there was just such a vice grip at the top there. And in a 14 playoff with those four proven conference champions, it was kind of rinse, repeat every year. So so to your point, yeah, a lot of those dynasties have cracks and uh, don't look as automatic as they used to. I think Clemson's in a battle with Florida State over in the ACC. In fact, I'm, I'm calling for a, a, a changing of the baton over there um, with Florida State. And then in the Big Ten, you've got Michigan now two-time champs, and this could be his strongest team yet, Jim Harbaugh. So the Ohio State and Clemson dynasties look like they're going through rocky patches. The SEC, it's been handed over to Georgia. Um, 
And then what's the other one? The, the Pac-12, it's, it's a shame. It's its final season, but this could be its best season ever. I mean, there's four, four teams in the Pac-12 landed in my top 12, and I could see all four of them winning it. So uh, we're in for a lot of great conference and division races, probably none better than the Big Ten East. We're, we're going to get to that. But, uh, but yeah, this could be wacky. And I think what's, what's changed up a little bit, too, is just all the transfer movement, all the quarterback carousel, all the coordinator carousel and coaches, too. So uh, it is way less predictable year to year. You know, the old days of just looking at recruiting rankings and returning starters, that, that's long gone. It's, it, you got to go position by position, every team. And one thing I didn't even think about until you, you broke down, the, you know, how you compile all your information and predictions is y- you are the fruits of your own labor <laughs> being by yourself and being nimble because you can put the book out later where you have the ability to take in more of the transfers and injury news. Uh, but, but even mostly w- with the late transfers that you see uh, that other, you know, publications don't have access to. So good on you for being able to, to take that into account as much as possible. Um, you know, kind of bouncing around with the same thinking about the, you know, the top teams and how we could have multiple teams uh, uh, that get into the college football playoff that maybe t- people aren't expecting Three, three teams that people are expecting to have great seasons are what I call the big three TM, you know, trademark signal uh, uh, in the Big Ten, which, of course, is Michigan, Ohio State, and, and now Penn State. Um, to me, this is the, the uh, best, the top three teams in the Big Ten has ever looked going into the season since Kurt and I have been doing this podcast. I would say since I've followed the Big Ten. I don't remember three teams looking this good. Is it possible that three out of the top four or five teams in the entire country are in the Big Ten and Big Ten East? Yeah, it's a very top-heavy division. Uh, the best, uh, the best, best three, if you will, the best top three of any division in college football. I've got them all in my top seven nationally, and it's really tight there for Penn State at seventh. I could, I could argue them up to fifth. Um, but they're in a battle there. But, yeah, so it is the strongest I've ever seen at the top of the conference. Yeah, think of Ohio State's last 10 to 15 years. Michigan wasn't peaking during that time. It was, I guess, Michigan State had the throne a little bit there in the early 2010s uh, under Mike uh, under Mark Narduzzi. Um, and then – or Narduzzi has the defensive guy, D'Antonio. Um, so, yeah, it's Michigan State for a while. Wisconsin had uh, had some strong teams there but never three in the top seven. So this is uncharted territory. Um, yeah, I mean, I could argue all three of them. In fact, two of them I forced into my four-team bracket for the playoff. I have Michigan there, number two, and I forced Ohio State in at number four. It was just uh, – it's undeniable the amount of talent in this division. But uh, real quickly on the three of them, uh, I started with Penn State in my research, and I was blown away uh, mostly because that offensive line, which had been a, a weakness for 10-plus years now since the sanctions, is finally flipping t- – to a positive it's a shank now Olu Fashnu returning instead of going pro early um great five-star running back duo now entering their second year together a five-star arm at quarterback and again an elite defense so I walked away thinking after my Penn State research this is a playoff team the next morning I wake up I do my Michigan deep dive and basically Michigan is right there or a notch above in every category and and maybe just more proven is the right way of putting it just because they've gone out and done it twice in a row uh and have a bulk of that roster returning um usually off of a playoff team nfl raids the roster you know a ton of starters go pro not this michigan team they're all back on campus it's i think a record for returning production off of a playoff team so 
Michigan was my Big Ten pick. And then Ohio State is the wild card. They just recruit so well. Ryan Day has landed the number one offense per my numbers the past three years. Um, incredible streak they're on. I know they got to replace their quarterback and a couple linemen, but the firepower at receiver and running back is incredible. So, uh, and the defense improving. So, yeah, I mean, it's, I also put this in the book. I could see, and it's a deep cut, I could see a 2008 Big Ten, uh, Big 12 South, where you had Mike Leach's Texas Tech team, hmm. Sam Bradford's Heisman, Oklahoma team, and Colt McCoy at Texas. They all had one loss. It was all a triangle of losses. So there's a way that they could all triangle this and each beat each other. And uh, I don't know how that tiebreaker would, would work, but you'd have three in the top five at the end of the year. Let me let me ask you this. Uh, that's that that's a great thought. I, I hadn't thought about that comparison. That's that's even better than my maybe the 2007 one. But um, I think I'm pretty sure you have the top three teams in the SEC being Georgia, Bama, and LSU. You don't have to go blow for blow necessarily, but how do you think the top three teams in the Big Ten match up against those top three teams in the SEC? Yeah, well, they're all uh, they're all great comparisons. I think first with my number one Georgia and number two Michigan. They're both proven products. They both have won the conference recently. Of course, Georgia, a two-time defending champ, but they're all back for their third year, and uh, they're, they're just the class of their conference right now. That next group would be Ohio State and Bama, where you have former dynasty teams, uh, still current recruiting champs. Those are plays on five-star talent and, and proven coaching staffs and the ability to reload every year, just NFL draft giants. And then the next tier would be that LSU-Penn State, again, a good comparison um, both coming into their own, like they still have high potential. They haven't flashed into the playoff yet, but uh, could certainly get there. So I, I see a lot of similarities between those top threes. The difference being those three from the SEC, they're not all in the same division. You got two in the West, one in the East. Here you got a, a three-headed monster mm -hmm. all in one division, which is insane to think about. So what you're saying, Brett, is that the SEC fans that say Penn State would go maybe six and six or seven and five in the SEC might not quite know what they're talking about is that kind of what you're alluding to <laughs> right there uh it sounds like the ones in bowl season who are always saying how the sec is going to roll over the big 10 or how iowa's going to lose and iowa they keep winning their bowl game and yeah so i think i think penn state would be very competitive look what they did to auburn last year they humbled them in their own stadium right and uh and ohio state went toe-to-toe -to -toe with georgia their, their toughest game all season so yeah so it's, uh, it's interesting i think it'd be a battle but they'd do better than six wins okay brett big question here what big 10 team do you feel higher on than most fans, prognosticators, magazines, the four-letter network that should not be spoken of, et cetera? <laughs> well, Kurt, I'm glad you were the one to ask this one because it'll make you happy. I have Illinois higher than most, and that's my answer for this question. I think they're a consensus fourth or fifth in the West. I've got them up at third, good for 30th overall. And now I've been doing my, my top 40 helmet board for years. I don't think I've ever started Illinois on the big board, so... Uh, impressive year, and they deserve it. They deserve more hype than they're getting. Uh, really, I see why. It's really in the trenches on both sides of the ball. Uh, first, the offensive line. They were one of nine finalists last year for the Joe Moore Award, which goes to the best overall offensive line unit. Uh, all five of their starters last year had all Big Ten recognition. I know you lose two of them, two longtime starters, but there's enough strength there returning. that That's, that's definitely a strong unit. Uh, so I got them towards the top of my Big Ten unit ranks on offensive line and on defensive line. Um, I think I've got him fifth in the Big Ten, which doesn't sound that great, but that's good for top ten nationally in the uh, in defensive line. So, um, yeah, I think that uh, just based off the trenches alone, they deserve more credit than they're getting. Of course, Newton and Randolph, both on my first team, all Big Ten defensive line. 
And yeah, I know that they have to go through some transitions in the secondary, a quarterback and running back. But, um, you know, if you look back on Brett Bielema's teams in the past, when he's at his best, it's because of the lines, the line play. And I think that's still strong. So I'll give Illinois my answer here. I love that uh, answer. Fantastic answer. (laughs) Uh, But just wanted to drill down a little bit on the defensive line there uh, with Newton and Randolph being probably maybe the best duo on the defensive line in the Big Ten, but you have them ranked fifth. Is that partly because it's a 3-4 scheme? Can you maybe explain that position a little more? Yeah, it's just uh, this whole conference is really loaded when you look at it. Uh, Michigan, it's hard to argue. They were they were a stat giant last year, almost top in the category. They have guys coming back, uh, Mason Graham uh, and Chris Jenkins, both on the well first and second team, all conference there. Penn State has a nice duo, too, with, with uh, Isaac and Robinson. Ohio State, JTT, and and other five stars at their defensive end spot. So it's just really tough there. I mean, I looked a little bit at, uh, at defensive stats too. Um, but I mean, they're all really competitive in that category. So it really shows you the strength of the league at that, at that position when you look nationally and Illinois is way up there. So yeah, it's just tough. I mean, you can make the argument for any five of those, honestly. Um, yeah. And, and I, you can definitely give Illinois demerits for their depth. Although it does sound like their nose tackle play may be better than I was expecting. Jeff, were you about to? Yeah, say one something? thing I was going to uh, uh, add to the Illinois uh, uh, conversation is there was a Big Twelve podcast that I listened to recently, and uh, you know, just like anybody else, people tend to to really focus in on their own region in conference, you know, that they really want to pay attention to. Uh, but the guys on this podcast were, you know, really talking up Kansas and how they're going to have a big bounce back year and that they're going to smoke Illinois in that game. And I got to tell you, I, there could be a couple people around the country that get uh, uh, educated on the Illinois front seven. And it could be during that Friday night game. I've been talking it up all off season. That's one game that I'm definitely looking forward to. Yeah. That's a, that's an example of, you know, teams matching up with their narratives or not. I mean, of course, Kansas had the hot start. They had college game day. The defense was still Kansas. I, I hate to say that, that, that part hadn't clicked yet. So until we see some progress on defense, it's hard to pick them very high. Um, offensively, sure. I mean, they're going to get their yards. They're going to get their stats. But uh, another way to look at it between the two, look back on my game grader formula from last year, takes into account opponent strength and margins of victory and all kinds of key stats. Kansas 51st out of 69, Illinois 16th out of 69. So top 20 by Illinois. Um, and they don't think they got enough attention last year. This was really a, a strong team. Came up short, barely short in a couple games. Would have had a better record. Um, and really, I think should have won the West if you look back on it. Uh, I hate to say it after I just pr- uh, praised them, but a missed opportunity, I feel like, with Illinois. Yeah, for sure. So playing off the last question, what's the Big Ten team you're feeling lower on than most four-letter network types that shall not be spoken? Well, I don't know where everyone stands with Purdue. It's definitely a mystery team, but I'll throw them into this category. Um, I did have a chance to talk with Coach Ryan Walters, and what he did last year at Illinois was incredible. Uh, number one pass defense in the country, number one since 2013 Michigan Stadium. And so it had been a decade. It was an all-time secondary. Um, so a lot of credit there as a defensive mind. But I think it's a, an adjustment to then lead a program, um, a transition program here, switching quarterbacks, switching schemes. Um, a lot of starters, a lot of long-time guys are gone. And not to bring it back to it, but to look at my game grader again real quick, despite winning the West, they finished ninth in the Big Ten last year. I mean, a lot of close wins, um, a really manageable schedule that starts to flip this year the other way. 
they draw the double whammy of Ohio State and Michigan this year. So they're going to take some losses. I have them finishing sixth in the West. Yeah, I think what you said on Purdue makes a lot of sense. Kurt and I haven't broken them down yet on the team preview pod, but they I think they're a mystery team to us and many people. All right, let's have a little bit of fun here. A uh, lot of talk uh, on this podcast and out on the Twitter sphere about the big three, the B1G3, uh, which, of course, is Ohio State, Michigan, and Penn State. Uh, so this question will be about who would you pick to win the Big Ten championship that is not one of those three teams? Odds are, by the way, Vegas has Ohio State as the favorite at plus 175, Michigan right behind them at plus 180, Penn State a little bit of a jump at plus 500. But let's let's see if you can pick out what you think would be the best bet with these next five teams that Vegas has to offer. Wisconsin, plus 800, Iowa, plus 1,200, Minnesota, plus 1,600, Illinois, plus 2,000, and we'll sneak in Maryland at plus 10,000. Brett, out of those five teams, considering the odds, who would be your pick to win the Big Ten Championship? Yeah, well, right away, throughout Maryland. I mean, there's no way they're going to get through that big three to even make it to Indianapolis. So I look towards the West winner, in this case, when you pose the question. So um, in my preview and in my predictions, I was pretty close with Wisconsin and Iowa. I could see it both ways. I ultimately went Wisconsin to win the West. Um, but now that I'm hearing the odds placed out here, I think you gave me 60 to one Wisconsin, 100 to one Iowa for almost double the value. I'm going to go with Iowa um, as my best bet because, like I said, razor thin margins with, with Wisconsin, um, such a proven track record on defense. So this year in the book, I included the not just last year's stats, but the last three years, five years, and 10 year averages and uh, by conference. And when you look, look on the defensive side, Iowa, 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 they're at the top of every category. Uh, over so when people try and say it was a one-year fluke or something or oh the turnovers won't repeat again they're not going to get those many interceptions they do it every year I know I know Jeffrey knows this but they have a a process that works they're fundamentally sound and they're going to be good again it's a great defensive line an elite secondary again um, and I'm sure they'll they'll replace their linebackers but so for double the money double the odds I'll take Iowa here for the best bet all right appreciate that Um, Kurt you want to get the last one here yeah, moving right along. Uh, last question. So give us your your final four for the college football playoff and give us a little breakdown of why you went with those teams. Okay, sure. Well, um, at number one, it's a little bit of chalk, but it's undeniable what Georgia has built, what, what Kirby Smart has built at Georgia. So I've got Georgia in the one spot. A couple things uh, stand out. Yeah, they obviously they have five stars everywhere and, and they reload like anybody. Um but on defense, they rotate their players more than anybody in the country when you look at snap counts. So when you hear about, oh, they're losing four starters or five starters, the, the new guys coming up, they're just as well-versed, and they're just next year's NFL draft picks. So it's an absolute machine over there. The last thing on Georgia, too, is just how motivated he keeps them. He's a great motivator. You listen to their post-game quotes or their post-practice quotes, they still think that they're the underdogs. They still have a chip on their shoulder, and – um, that may sound funny, but uh, in, in you know in modern college football, motivation and, and focus is just as important as raw talent. So I think Georgia's got the machine rolling and a very manageable schedule. It's it's incredible their non conference schedule. Um, so they're going to be back in Atlanta for the SEC title game and I think the playoff. Um, Michigan and Ohio State. I touched on both. I'll, I'll dig in a little bit more uh, with Michigan. What stands out most is that offensive line. Two time Joe Moore Award winners. They you know, this is the best one yet. This could be three straight. 
Um, all those starters are back, plus they supplemented it with some of the best linemen in the Pac-12. Um, I think Walter Rouse, now nah, that might be Oklahoma, but multiple Stanford guys and multiple Pac-12 guys coming in. Uh, Drake Nugent, I believe. Um, and the thing is, they're all proven now. So last year, the question was, can five-star J.J. McCarthy play up to his five-star potential? Well, he certainly did, and now he's got a second year under his belt. Um, you know, the best running back duo in the country. Um, what else? A great front seven. So they're going to be back, and I think it's the best team yet uh, under Jim Harbaugh. Ohio State touched on it a little bit, but elite play uh, wide receiver. Yeah, it's a quarterback battle. The last quarterback battle they had, they did fine. They picked C.J. Stroud, and he was amazing. It's a pair of top 55-star guys. I think they're going to be fine there. Um, but the key is that it's Jim Knowles' second year on defense, and I'm a believer in him ever since he was back at Duke. I mean, he was landing top 25 defenses at Duke, and then he did it again at Oklahoma State uh, in a league that's not known for defense. And now, um, unlike those two spots, he's got five stars everywhere to play with. So uh, top 20 in returning production, it's all back on defense. I think you're going to see a, the defense lead them, at least early on while they figure out their quarterback. So a lot to like there. I have them in as a wild card team. And then the third spot is, is somewhat of an eyebrow raiser. Uh, nobody else has them. I have Florida State in there. Um, so there's a couple parts to this. First, you look back at last year. Last year was really their breakthrough statistically. They were top 10, top 20 in almost every metric. Um, and then they bring everybody back. Number one in returning production. That's top 10 marks on both sides of the ball. They got some key NFL decisions on defensive line. Um, and then the, the last bit is the transfer portal where they've really excelled their back-to-back -to -back top five transfer halls. He doesn't just sign them. He develops them into all-conference talent. And, um, you know, I think that's an area where they have an advantage over Clemson and the ACC. Clemson's ignored the portal that was really they've been their stance for 10 years and now they're thin and now they're thin in some key spots so and that head to head for the acc i went florida state heard i i'll ask you this question but brett you can you can uh jump in if you want as far as just being a fan of the sport um you know i, I get tired certainly of seeing the same sec teams in there florida state would interest me you know i mean florida state kind of brings me back to my childhood always loved the classic uniforms when they you know, when they wear them correctly. I don't know about you, Kurt, but I kind of hope Brett's correct on how that goes down. It'd be good to see some new ACC blood in there. Yeah, I'd love to see some new-ish blood. They were in the playoff in, in 2014. It's true. It's true. And by the way, I believe they're doing a throwback to older uniforms this year. I think they're nice. they're going back to the, the classic look. So yeah, I would love to see Florida State. It's an interesting program. You know, they've been down for quite a while. Well, really since about 2014 and and they had a down spell before that it's it's an interesting program that cycles up and down into blue bloodiness yeah um and i think that the transfer portals really helped them because their recruiting was slipping you know it used to be that there was a wall built around the state of florida and it was it was either florida miami or florida state would keep all that five-star talent in state the last 10 years that's flipped where they're going to alabama they're going to georgia mm -hmm. even ohio state comes in and raids them so they lost their, you know, geographical edge there. Norvell has flipped it and took an, you know, taken advantage of their NIL and their brand and all that to bring in top transfers. So I think that's really helped them and it's going to hurt Clemson the other way. So, um, yeah, I agree with you. But uh, I know, Kurt, you're a big uniform guy. To complete the throwback look, they got to bring back those hatchet stickers on the helmet. I think Absolutely. a full hatchet Florida State helmet is, is top five all-time helmets. So I want to see those uh, pride stickers back on the helmet. That's a great point. I would love that too. 
Um, so I'm gonna I'll make an assumption here that um, you have Michigan somewhere around 13 and 0 Big Ten champs with uh, Ohio State. So pretty much the same as last year. Ohio State would be 11 and one and get the wild card. Florida State, I'm assuming 13 and 0, 12 and one, something like that. Georgia 13 and 0, 12 and one. Who do you got uh, coming out of the college football playoff to win it all? Uh, well, you know, I could give the boring answer and say Georgia, but knowing that I'm on the eyes on big, how about a Michigan, Ohio state national title? Would that oh, just oh, melt the internet down or what? If, uh, if the big 10 took over both spots of the final college football playoff. So, you know what? Let's go for that. I'd love All to right. see that happen. Okay. Well, and then you're also going to make a third big 10, uh, uh, fan base happy. If that's the case, if I'll, I'll clue you in, if Georgia doesn't three-peat, there, there's a certain fan base that'll be happy about that. Do we know who that yeah. is? That's your home state, the Minnesota Golden Gophers, the last program to go three straight out. Now, I know there's been three straight where one's shared or one is in consensus um, or a split, but if you're talking outright, you got to go all the way to the 1930s. So, yep. yeah, good reference there. Georgia trying to enter old uh, Golden Gopher territory. Yeah, we'll see about that. I thought we were going to get the – I mean, we very easily could have gotten the all – Big Ten college football matchup against two heated rivals. That and I, I agree. Very, very much could have melted down the internet. Definitely could happen again this year. We will see. Kurt, you got anything you want to ask or add? Our guy Brett. Well, I think it would melt down more than that. I think it melt down the SEC and it would melt down ESPN. Boy. Oh yeah, and fine bomb. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I'll <laughs> tell you what. Can you the first kind of season with the Big Ten and their new TV deal, and if that's what they get <laughs> with that, uh, as as ESPN struggles, boy, that that's the stuff dreams are made of, right there, guys. I don't know about you. Um, hey, Brett, lo- thank you so much for fitting this in. Uh, absolutely love your work, l- love your passion for the sport. You know, you're honestly you're a true ambassador of the sport. It's nice to see you know, the sport do the right thing sometimes with rewarding you with being a, uh, a Heisman voter. That is, that is great. Uh, just wanted to say thanks again for coming on the podcast. Anything else you want to add before we get out of here? Yeah. Well, I'll say thanks right back to you for having me on. You guys were one of the first podcasts to ever have me on way back in the day. So I feel like we've kind of grown up together here and it's, it's great to see you guys progressing each year i want to make it down to one of your tailgates this year i'm, I'm gonna hop around to a bunch of national games hopefully get in that big 10 footprint uh have some amador with you guys so uh thanks again i mean you're, you're my go-to listen during the season for weekly recaps for the big 10 and um you know i'm always endorsing you guys so keep up the great work and hope to see you guys at a tailgate soon really appreciate the kind words i am jeffrey the greek i am big kurt this has been the eyes on big podcast we'll talk to you soon <laughs>